Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 44:21 through 45:25, called Every Knee Will Bow. If you write down Acts 2.23, Peter preaching to the people in Jerusalem says, this man, Jesus, was delivered up by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. And then he says, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Acts 2.23 teaches both realities. It was God's plan that Jesus die, and yet it was godless men who nailed him to the cross. Acts 2.23. This is how majestic our God is. He can take the will of man, the intentions of man, and he's so majestic in his attributes that he can weave it together to form his tapestry despite the evil intentions of man because God works all things, not some, but all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Do you see how the two intersect? God is sovereign. And I hope that gives you comfort tonight and doesn't make you nervous. In our world, the way that our world presently looks right now, um, I was just thinking of current events, and as I look at the, for example, the Iran nuclear situation right now, I know that we're, we have people telling us that they just want nuclear energy, though they want to blow Israel off the map. And I've said that publicly. So I was thinking, well, you know, I heard some people interviewed and, you know, people are saying, well, you know, uh, Saddam Hussein and Gaddafi and other leaders, you know, they, they stuck their chest out against the United States and, of course, their regimes were toppled. What are they doing? Are they, they're playing Little League at Yankee Stadium, you know? I mean, who, don't they know who they're dealing with? We're the United States of America. That's true. But one thing I haven't heard too much discussion about is just about a year ago, Alexander Putin, the leader of Russia, came down and had a meeting right in the middle of Iran with Ahmadinejad. Unprecedented meeting, by the way, because the two countries have never really been uh, friends. There's been problems in the past, but now all of a sudden they're getting together, buddy, buddy, talking, and it's captured on video and pictures, and you know what they said they talked about? Nuclear energy. Wow, seems to be a hot topic these days. And I read Ezekiel 38 and 39. I don't know if you've read that. And I start to see the players in a last day scenario. And I'm not setting any dates, but I'm saying to you, just pay attention to it and just see if Russia begins to make some noises. Because it's one thing if the United States says to Iran in whatever way we decide to say it, through sanctions or whatever, or a threat of military force, okay, enough's enough, you're not going to have a a weapon. But it's another thing if Russia gets into that ballgame, a whole different ballgame, as a matter of fact. So I'm glad that God is on the throne. Anyway, drip down, O heavens, from above. This is what God has done for us. Let the clouds pour down righteousness, 45.8. Let the earth open up and salvation bear fruit. Man, I think of Jesus coming down from the heavens. I think of the Holy Spirit coming and bearing fruit in our lives. 
and righteousness spring up with it. I, the Lord, have created it. In the Middle East, uh, people commonly believe that fertility in the land, the blessings of agriculture and so forth, were connected to the relationship that the king had with the deity of that land. And God is saying now, the heavens will drip down the blessings of God because God is the one that's created it. God has used Cyrus to his purposes and that's what he's doing. And we are in right standing with God because of what the anointed one, the ultimate Christ, Jesus Christ has done for us. But woe to the one who looks at this, who reads how God does things, who may, may, may not understand all the angles and quarrels with his maker. Woe to you to the one who quarrels with his maker. An earthenware vessel, here's the illustration, among the vessels of the earth, will the clay say to the potter, what are you doing or what are you making, NIV? Or the thing, uh, uh, the thing you are making say, he has no hands, reminds me of VeggieTales. Bob, I don't have any hands. Anyway, <laughs> your work has no handles, says the ESV. Does the the pot get done being created? Two ways to look at this and say, hey, creator, hey, potter. Apparently, you don't have any hands because look what you did here. Or you didn't make me with any handles. There's two ways you could read that. Or woe to him who says to a father, so you have the potter and the parent, what are you begetting? Or can you imagine a kid saying to his mom, and maybe this happens with children that are born and then a baby's born, the NIV reads, what have you begotten? <laughs> or to a woman, to what are you giving birth or what have you brought to birth? That's, that's the illustration. The piece of, now, do we, do we have a right as people to wrestle with our faith, to ask questions? Certainly we do. But at some point, here's what's being illustrated. It's a person who is not wrestling with their faith. They are accusing God. What right do you have? Yeah, I know you made the heavens and the earth and me and everything, but, but what, what right do you? And they start to call out God. They're accusing God. Why did you make the things the, the way that you made them? Why do you do things the way? Have you ever noticed that atheists do this? They're angry with a God they don't believe in. I always found that kind of funny. Who are you mad at? You don't think he's there. Yeah, but I'm mad anyway. Okay. And there are people who walk around every day. They're clay formed by a potter. None of us would be here. And I think this is a basic point, but it's one that we need to remember. You do not exist if he did not make this world. And think of it this way, too. You could have been a fly. You could have been a turtle. I mean, have you ever thought about that? There's like, I don't know how many different animals and insects there are, but there's a lot of them. You could have been one of those. And some people think they're going to become one of those in the next life. If I'm a really, really, really good guy, I'll be a flower. That's if you're really good. But he made you human. And humans are the only beings made in the Image of God. You're an image bearer of God. And he decided in history, past, before the foundation of the world, to create you. And he has a purpose for your life. Despite what you go through, what you don't understand. And there's people all day long. 
they accused the maker. What are you doing? Don't you know what you're doing? Scoot over a little bit. Let me run the universe. I'll do a better job. Now, I know many of you have seen Bruce Almighty, right? Now, not a very theologically correct film. Some parts in the movie that I would not recommend. However, the point is interesting. God, as he's depicted in the movie, goes on vacation and he lets Bruce hear the prayer request. What was it? Just in the Buffalo region? Right? And so he gets so upset with all the people whining at him and praying that he just answers yes to all the prayer requests. You remember that? And there is absolute anarchy, and it's just the prayers of a city. You see, this is what we do. We think we can run the universe better than God. So there's all these people sitting around. They don't believe in God, at least that's what they say. And then they start saying, hey, you know, uh, scoot over. I got this. Let me steer this ship. Here's what I would have done if I were God. Well, I'm certainly glad that you're not God. And I'm certainly glad I'm not God. The oldest lie in the book is that we can do it better than God, that God does know in the day that you eat the fruit that you'll be like him, you'll know, you'll have the knowledge that you really need. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me about the things to come concerning my sons and you shall commit to me the works of my hands or the work of my hands. Ask me about the future. I am God. Be in submission to me. Be in submission to my loving plan because if you're not, if you don't let me be God, you're not going to experience my loving plan. You are my sons. Let me be God. Follow me. It is I who made the earth and created it. He goes back and reminds us. I created man upon it and that's us that are reading it. I stretched out the heavens with my hands and I ordained all their hosts. Remember all the stars, God calls them all by name. We read that earlier. I have aroused uh, aroused him in righteousness. I will make all his ways smooth. He will build my city back to Cyrus and will let my exiles go free. This is what I'm doing. This is my plan. Without any payment or reward, I will stir his heart, is the idea, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord, the products of Egypt, these are nations to the south, the merchandise of Cush and the uh, Sabians, men of stature, here's how it's going to end, will come over to you and will be yours. They will walk behind you, these most important men. They will come over in chains, and I believe this is pointing to the ultimate fulfillment in the millennium, 14, will bow down to you. They will make supplication to you and they will say, here's what the conclusion of the world will be when it's all said and done. Surely God is with you and there is none else. The people of the world will say, there is no other God. In the great movie by Cecil B. DeMille, The Ten Commandments. I love that movie. Uh, remember when Yul Brenner comes back and the wife has said, you know, I want to see his blood on your sword. I want to see his blood. And he doesn't have the blood on the sword because Moses has crossed over and his whole army drowned in the sea. And then you remember Yul Brenner says, his God is God. One of the great lines ever in movie-making history. Paul picks up on this theme and he says when Christians prophesy and speak forth the word of God 1 Corinthians 14:25 in the context of the church 
that unbelievers who are there will fall down on their knees and say, Surely God is in this place. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. We have just celebrated Easter, so the first series is on the resurrection. So if something is that, that's written down reflects poorly on what is being described or what is being reported on, if that reflects poorly... That lends to its credibility. Yes. Because normally we say, well, the writers are biased. Regardless, we're not just talking about the New Testament. Any writer's biased, they want to get their point of view across. But what shows their objectivity or attempt to be objective is when they include information or facts that reflect poorly on themselves or the narrative they're trying to push. Yes. And, and so let's take a step further towards that. So when the women go to the apostles who are supposed to be the brave followers of Christ, right. they say... The, the women have lost their minds, to paraphrase. They do. They're just crazy tales. They, they don't believe it, which is another embarrassment yeah. because, of course, the, the documents go on to say that Christ is risen and it becomes crystal clear. But the, the way that it, this is written down, and we believe it corresponds exactly to what happened, is that they don't believe they have no faith. To listen to the Walk in Truth mini-sodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Fourteen will bow down to you, they will make supplication to you, and they will say, here's what the conclusion of the world will be when it's all said and done. Surely God is with you, and there is none else. The people of the world will say, there is no other God. In the great movie by Cecil B. DeMille, The Ten Commandments. I love that movie. Uh, remember when Yul Brenner comes back and the wife has said, you know, I want to see his blood on your sword. I want to see his blood. And he doesn't have the blood on the sword because Moses has crossed over and his whole army drowned in the sea. And then you remember Yul Brenner says, his God is God. One of the great lines ever in movie-making history. (laughs) Paul picks up on this theme, and he says, When Christians prophesy and speak forth the word of God, 1 Corinthians 14, 25, in the context of the church, that unbelievers who are there will fall down on their knees and say, Surely God is in this place. The church, like Israel, is to be the light to the world. And when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, people will fall down, not before us, as it were, but before God and say, surely God is with you. 
Have you ever had someone say that to you? Maybe you've had a friend for a long time and they watched your life for a while. And at first when you became a Christian, they doubted your whole Christianity and they said, yeah, we'll see how long this, this fad lasts. And then they, they watch your life for five years and then they watch your life for 10 years and 15 years and they, I've had some friends say to me, you know what, I think this is real. I think God is with Michael. And some of them knew me when that's how they would say it. Michael. Michael. Preaches the word of God. People would say it that way. Even some people, if you called them today, they would say, Michael? Yeah. The foolish things of the world. Truly thou art a God, 15, who hides himself. It's not always clear that God is working. Think of times of judgment and calamity when other nations are used, and that's the context O God of Israel, Savior. It's not always easy to see the work of God, but we can see it in creation. We can see it in our conscience. We can see it in the world. We can see it in the word of God. We can see it in the person of Jesus Christ. But sometimes it takes spiritual eyes to discern that God is working. Some of you are going through stuff and you say, I think it's the Lord. We had a lady come by here yesterday. She said she was praying in her car and she felt like the Lord directed her to this property to talk to us. And you know what? When someone like that comes, I don't automatically say, praise the Lord. I'm sure the Lord has a word for me from you. I'm sometimes very skeptical. But then I think, maybe the Lord might have a word. I'm going to listen. And she came in and she shared some stuff with us and we're still working through that. But the bottom line is this. You need spiritual discernment. They will be put to shame, even humiliated 16. All of them, the manufacturers of idols who go that way, They will go away, notice, together to humiliation, in humiliation. Israel has or will uh, been saved or be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. Here's a contrast. You will not be put to shame, note that, Bible students, or humiliated to all eternity. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. And I know what I've entrusted to to him, he will keep until that day. 18, for thus says the Lord who created the heavens... He is the God who formed the earth, made it. He established it. He did not create a waste place, but formed the earth to be inhabited. That was his purpose. I am the Lord, and there is none else. We keep seeing that theme. I have not spoken in secret in some dark land. I did not say, Jesus even said this, I haven't done the things that I've done in private. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in a waste place. I, the Lord, speak righteousness, declaring things that are upright. I've made it clear. Gather yourselves and come. We're almost done. Draw near together, you fugitives of the nations. God is inviting them. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idol and pray to a God who cannot save. Declare and set forth your case. Courtroom here. Indeed, let them consult together. Who has announced this from old? Who has long since declared it? The context is Cyrus and the Babylonian captivity and freedom. Is it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and Savior. There is none except me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God. Are you getting the fact that God wants to drive this point home? And there is no other. I've sworn by myself, since there's no one above God, he can't say, I swear to Wait a minute, I am God. I've sworn by myself, I don't want to misrepresent God, but he can't swear to anybody higher. So he swears by himself. The word has gone forth from my mouth. 
in righteousness it will not turn back, that to me, how many? Every knee will bow, every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Men will come to him, all who were angry at him shall be put to shame. In the Lord, all the offspring of Israel will be justified and will glory. I want to show you a couple things in, uh, let's see, verse 23. Notice, I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness, will not turn back, that to me, every knee will bow and every tongue will swear allegiance. The one who is talking is who? It is the Lord in context. Verse 21, the Lord no God besides me, no one except me, turn to me and be saved. There is no other. The context is clearly the Lord. The Lord is the one speaking. Now go to Philippians 1 and we're done. Philippians 1. Philippians 2, sorry. This is one of the great uh, deity passages in your Bible. The whole context is speaking about Jesus Christ and it ends with these verses. Philippians 2, 9. Because Jesus became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, therefore, Philippians 2, 9, also God highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, would you notice how many knees? Every knee should bow of those who are in heaven, on the earth and under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is a deity passage quoting from Isaiah 45, 23, emphatically stating Jesus Christ is the God of Isaiah. You've been listening to Every Knee Will Bow, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 44:21 through 45:25. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to our new mini-sodes called A Step Closer. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from our Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, remember that Isaiah chapters 40 through 48 are the God of the Bible, the true God calling out all the idols or the false gods with a small g. Remember the God of the Bible has always said there are other gods. They're not true. There are false gods or idols, and we're not to worship them or bow down to them. Idolatry was an ancient issue for Israel, but it's a very contemporary issue for us because our hearts can literally be idol-making factories. And so when every knee will bow, the Bible is teaching that every single person that's ever existed, past, present, future to us, will bow before the true God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow to him. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord.
And that means that all other gods are false. So if you've been trying to do the uh, smorgasbord approach to religion, quote unquote, thinking, well, I can have a little bit of this or a little bit of that or believe a little bit about this religion, about that religion. Well, the God of the Bible is very exclusive because he is the true God. It only makes sense if he is the one true God, then he wants you to worship him and in the right way. And so that makes sense, even though I know sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one is coming to the Father except through me. Now, that can rub some people wrong, but remember, God has made a way. He didn't have to make a way, but he did. Let's take advantage of it and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Well, we've been telling you about these this new layer of ministry called A Step Closer. We're doing this in podcast format. And we're going a little bit more in depth on topics that are of interest to you. And we're dealing with the resurrection. So members of the Walk in Truth team will sit with myself and we'll dive deeper into topics that are of great interest. We just did one on the resurrection. I would invite you to go to your favorite podcast app and look for Walk in Truth and you'll come across the mini-sodes. You'll find out more about our personalities, a little bit more relaxed atmosphere, but getting to really the meat and the depth of the historic Christian faith. Check it out today, a step closer on all the platforms where Walk in Truth can be found. We'll see you right here tomorrow for more in Isaiah 46. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 46 called, Even Till Your Old Age, I Will Carry You. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.